I wonder about some of those dudes from the Israeli team now and like how they feel about you know. I, I didn't get a lot of introspection. <laughs> everything. I didn't sense a lot of introspection. I think they were just like, oh, we're we get to play baseball with different hats. That sounds fun. <laughs> I mean, we all got the book with Sandy Koufax in it for our bar mitzvah, and we all would have gladly signed up to play for Team Israel in the World Baseball Classic as of um, up until uh, October. So, <laughs> yeah, not, not, not the Olympics too. Yeah. Um, now, uh, this will this will not be a podcast about. Um, modern secular Judaism and the conflicts lying therein, uh, we're going to talk about something much more complicated, which is college football. open about israel that's good no. shit that's what people that's are that'll, that'll get that'll get the listens just alienate people as quickly as possible uh this is the first episode that we've had roger here as a guest and the last episode of our show ever <laughs> we're about to get canceled <laughs> that was the sound of the Arizona diet green tea with ginseng uh, this evening. I'm Jesse from the internet. Uh, Lily from the internet. How are you? I'm I'm good. I'm a little uh, cold. It's it's snowed in Baltimore somehow, um, but I'm good otherwise. All right, uh, Britt, how are you? Are you still holding it down in California? Uh, I, I am. You look I, like I you're at home. I am at home. I have to just, I just love the fact that um, I am like in a sweater and still cold and it's like, I don't know, like 50 degrees outside probably. And Lily's like, no, it's snowing, but like I'm in a t-shirt. I just, I am not, I I continue to not know how I survived college in New England because I am not, I am a delicate flower. I am not built for that show. Live temperature here inside the Toyota studios. Uh, Well, I don't know the temperature inside, but the temperature outside is 36 as we run, hmm. uh, the car yeah. will have to move tomorrow morning for alternate side of the street parking. There is a guest <laughs> who actually knows about that. Uh, Roger, <laughs> have you had the misfortune of owning a car in this city? So I have not, but part of the Road Rage experience, uh, so I don't know if you know who I am. Uh, my name is Roger Sherman. I just spent four months driving across the country uh, going to college football games. Um, Part of the reason being that I'm from New York and had never been to any because we don't have college football here unless you count Fordham and Columbia, which you shouldn't. Um, <laughs> but I, so every once in a while I would come back here to New York. I would drive back from Tennessee or Ohio or Texas to see my wife and my dogs. And that is what I discovered the joy of alternate side parking um, because it's like, in general, I think we should inconvenience people with cars in New York City. So I was like, I, I, I'm okay with this a few times in a row. Uh, sorry, you clearly have a car in New York City, so I'm not sure how you feel about that. I, I feel like car owners in this city should be inconvenienced at all turns. The only reason that I bought a car was because I had to cover the Rangers and uh, their practice facility is up in Westchester. And going there by train every day would mean also taking a cab every day to and from said train station. Um, it is undoable. Yes. And I have I've maintained the car ownership because it can get you places. Um and since I don't work a nine to five, uh, moving it for alternate side, not that bad of a deal. Uh, so yeah, I, had I, a I was renting my car. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I, I was renting no, a car, okay. and I, had... I would just drive it back from wherever to here. And like, <laughs> yeah, 
uh, and finding, finding the parking when you get in at night, no fun. Um, I did have a story that I found that I thought would be a good, a good way for us to get into this and, and into Roger's travels through the year, um, which was, I found a story, um, just by searching interstate on Google news, a 10 year old was driving in rush hour in Tampa last week and sideswiped a, uh, a Nissan pickup truck, uh, at the merger of I two seventy five and three seventy five. Um, but that led me to this story also from Tampa, Tampa Bay, Florida. Thousands of gallons of industrial wastewater spilled onto a construction site at Bush Gardens, Tampa Bay on Wednesday, according to a pollution notice from the Department of Environmental Protection. The spill happened at around 10 a.m. after contractors working at the site cut into a pipe, releasing about 3,000 to 5,000 gallons of wastewater, according to the state notice. A map of the spill location shows that the spill happened in the Pantopia area of the park near the site of the former Sand Serpent attraction where a new roller coaster, Phoenix Rising, is being built. Any of you guys uh, roller coaster heads? I am. I, Love I good... like roller coasters. I wouldn't call myself a particular enthusiast. <laughs> I love me a good roller coaster. I, I, I feel like they're best when they're not covered in shit. Yeah, I, I do feel like that's preferable. It. Yeah. Well, yeah, 3,000 to 5,000 gallons of shit is uh, less than ideal. But the it's, issue, which was resolved... Yeah. The, the issue, which was resolved around 12.30 p.m., was reported by an environmental manager at Bush Gardens. Good to know they have such a thing. Somebody whose job is to walk around the park and make sure that there's not 3,000 to 5,000 gallons of shit everywhere. Yeah. Can't they narrow that down a little bit? That's a big range. That, that does feel like it's got a wide delta there. <laughs> yeah, it's either 3,000 gallons of shit or almost twice as much. It's like on job listings when they give you a salary range. It's like 100 to 375,000. I'm like, that's not a real number anymore. Like, yeah. don't lie to me. Well, I, I speaking of not real numbers. Oh, go ahead, Luke. Does it? Does it add to the the like thrill seeking of being on a roller coaster? If at any moment you feel like you <laughs> the smell is wafting, you're like you really don't want to be flung into the poop. You know, it, it like yeah. I, there, there's I a lady feel like here. I feel like you would want to though, because it's like you don't already don't want to puke on a roller coaster. I feel like that would add to that. But does it just raise the stakes? I no, not at all. <laughs> was well, it Bush? Was it Bush Garden? Was wait? Was this related to the ten-year-old? Did the ten-year-old spew the? No. Or were those just two <laughs> separate stories? I thought you know, the ten-year-old sideswiped a truck with three to five thousand gallons. So I, I had definitely somehow tied those two bits together too. So I'm glad it was just me. They were, they were tied together by being on the same Tampa news site back to back. Tampa Tampa is a fascinating place. Um, it, and yeah. normally the problem there is, is old people driving. So uh, it's good to see that they're yes. going to the other end of the spectrum and switching it up a little bit. We've got 10-year-olds and 92-year-olds sharing the, sharing the roads. Roger, your, your travels did take you to the pirate ship, right? Indeed, I went to the the Gasparilla Bowl in Tampa, Florida. Um, oh, I love it. Uh, just a, a very... I was only there for about six hours. Um, and, like, what I, what I was really struck by, and I, I asked people on Twitter this, I said... Is it that Tampa just has strip clubs everywhere, or they happen to be concentrated <laughs> around Raymond James Stadium? <laughs> and yes, the answer apparently is both. Those things are true. Yeah, the answer yeah. is they have a lot of them, <laughs> and that happens to be where you would go if you want to find one. They have several famous ones in that vicinity, also very close to the Yankee Spring Training site. Yep, that is how I got my knowledge of um, not only 
the the strip club concentration, but that I stayed at the Howard. I don't know if it's still a Howard Johnson hotel there, uh, but I stayed at the Howard Johnson that was across the street from Mons Venus and right next door, walking to the one that looks like a spaceship. Uh, now I oh, want to know. I somehow thought what those is... were the same. Oh, but they should be. Oh. Now that you mention it, they should. But they are two separate strip clubs <laughs> across the street from one another. Both space things. Are they rivals? I don't know. <laughs> There's a, I mean, we've got a whole block of strip clubs in downtown Baltimore, so it's like it's like there's a nice business district, and then there's just like a block and a half of strip clubs, and I bet you they're all rivals there. One of the oh. things I I miss about the gentrification of San Francisco on that on that note is that there. There used to be a very uh, significant, like, burlesque show, uh, like, 10 cent, low budget porn theater kind of strip that was also near, like, the best Italian food. So it was a really fun adventure in, uh, in contrast and also continuity, I guess. If you have seen the pictures of the Gold Dust Saloon with the, the, uh, the like neon legs that stick out I've of seen the building. The, yeah, I've I've seen the opening of the streets of San Francisco, the seventies uh, cop yeah, show. Yeah, pretty pretty much. Brilliant. That was accurate until somewhere between ten and fifteen years ago. <laughs> uh, Times Square, in other words, same deal. Uh, absolutely, it is. It's we're we're on the same uh, same path. Uh, there is, um, before we get more into um, Roger's travels, there is one more part of this story from Tampa. Um, this is the second time in recent months that Bush Gardens has had a wastewater spill on its property. In November, an estimated 2.5 million gallons of wastewater spilled into a sinkhole that opened up next to a treatment pond in a backstage of the park. So I was thinking so the three to five Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's nothing. That's nothing. Three to five. When you got two point five mil as the other option. Yeah, the three to five is like we're not even concerned. This is an, I don't even know why this is a headline. Why are we talking about this? Yeah, that's that's uh, Tuesday. Right. <laughs> right. Well, speaking of uh, two point five million gallons of wastewater, or three to five thousand gallons of wastewater. <laughs> The Iowa Hawkeyes remain without an offensive coordinator. (laughs) And quite honestly, I think three to 5,000 gallons of Bush Gardens wastewater is, uh, is just what they need. Has experience in Florida at the bowl games that they usually play in. True. Um, very offensive. It's, uh, it's going to be, a, yeah. I think they're they're going to have some trouble luring thir- three to five thousand gallons of wastewater to Iowa, though. Like, who wants to? Who wants that job? Does three to five thousand gallons of wastewater want that job? Right. What's the what's the transport and what's the transportation process like here? Like that just feels. If, if if I could do it via Zoom, I'd be Iowa's offensive coordinator. I know nothing about coaching an offense. I've never played football in my life, but I could probably do a better job than Brian Ferentz. Iowa, I will do you one better. I will go to Iowa and do it, and you will only have to pay me, like, half a million dollars. It's, like, kind of amazing because work- the, the entire coaching cycle happened. Like... They fired him a long, long time ago, and every every yeah. other job in the world has been Nick Saban retired. They landed a, a really good – they landed the five-star offensive tackle from Alabama, and they still haven't yeah. gotten the coach. <laughs> like, like, it's got, like the whole NFL hiring cycle is going to happen, and they're still – I just think they're too stubborn, or they just – I guess he just doesn't want to think about it. It's such a strange situation. They're waiting for Bill Belichick to return their call. <laughs> my, my conspiracy theory. 
my conspiracy theory is that they're just going to hire Brian back, but they have to drag it out long to be like, well, we couldn't find anybody else. Oh, I'm with that. I think Brian is high on the list for the open wide receivers coach job that they also have. I See, I, I think you could pull a stalk of corn out of a field in Iowa that would do a better job at do both of those Ooh. positions than Brian Ferentz. Okay. There's there's how you get your three to five thousand gallons of wastewater to Iowa is you sell it on the agricultural import <laughs> of reclaiming yeah, that's water. That's that's brown gold. You can that's and brown gold. Black gold, Iowa Hawkeyes football. Here we go. Oh, um, you know that, that something I something I learned uh, is that there's actually um, two rows of corn that grows outside of Iowa Stadium, like in in like the grand entrance of the stadium. They have like two, like next to the parking lot. They have like two rows of corn, and I, I walked up to it and I considered ripping one of the pieces of corn out and and eating it, but that I was like, that's. That's probably that's breaking a law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably. It's probably trespassing on some level or something. Okay, okay. Yeah, I actually... It's... Yeah. I actually have a great idea now. What you do is... So, you've got the children's hospital, right? Is you just get oh, one of the kids each game and the oh sort of make-a-wish thing. Yes, it's a coach, make, make-a-wish coach offensive I... coordinator! Yes! So, so then do what it. you do is you hire them and then the kids get the the best health the health insurance they can. There you so go. They, pays, they get the UI for the kids and and they get their offensive coordinator. Done. We've solved your problem, Iowa. A make a wish offensive coordinator. They don't oh deserve to like they don't I yeah, I think I think some of those kids would be like, I would literally rather go through whatever I'm going through than coach this football team. Right, maybe, maybe just leave me to yeah. my video games. Well, maybe, and, maybe, and the my... le- maybe, maybe the less than terminal kids. <laughs> well, oh, all right, so God. video games. This is going to get bad places. <laughs> yeah, it's got, it's got weird and dark right. real quickly. The new NCAA game will come out. You can just let a kid in the hospital play the game and like relay whatever the kid is doing on the hospital video game to the field. The kid doesn't have to deal with the stress of like being around Kirk, of wondering, you know, is this team ever actually going to score or am I cursed or any of that? No, and probably yes. Or you just do it. Yeah. You just do an NCAA 24 video game tournament to, to determine. It doesn't matter. It could be the hospital kids. It could just be random people. Just get someone to, to you know play NCAA. Just get like a, a NCAA tournament to be the uh, Iowa coach. <laughs> Whoever's the first person to to like, I don't know. Okay, and then you get a movie tie-in because you do you do a movie like that the um, yeah the Gran Turismo one. There's a this is a whole we've got a whole a whole media cycle built for you now, Iowa. Just have to hop on board, <laughs> uh, or or they could and um, Roger. Uh, bringing up Nick Saban uh, brought me back to how Roger found out that Nick Saban was uh, <laughs> retiring um, on the episode of Split Zone Duo that he was on, which really recounted. And I thought was I listened to the episode um, with you and Stephen Godfrey, and I thought to myself this morning, well, thank goodness. Um, I really enjoyed listening to that, and it's great. And we are barely going to overlap at all, except for um, one thing, which is... Uh, I got to ask you about the blimp. Oh, man, the, the blimp. Being up in the Goodyear blimp. Uh, another, another poop situation. You, they, if you poop on the blimp, you know, it, it stays in there. So they ask you not to poop. It's <laughs> like, it's not, it's not like a, it's not like a, 
a plain bathroom where it flushes and it goes under the plane, it's like it just kind of sits in the thing there. It's a pretty small, um, the carriage that you're in is pretty small. It's like got the pilots and like five or six seats. Um, so it's, they, it's better if you don't, if you don't poop on the blimp. Uh, well, were you asking about the poop specifically or, or do you want to know about other blimp things? I was not asking about the poop specifically, but now I do uh, have a related question, which is, yeah, go for it. do they advise you of this beforehand? Yes, I, I, I received I received that instruction the day before, which made me very nervous. Okay. Like, you know, like I tried to use the bathroom before going up there. I didn't want to like have an embarrassing situation where the pilots got mad at me. Um, it was it was a lovely time. Um, it was one of the worst. It was like you know how um, some idiot proposed that there should be a college football game at the end of the season between the two worst teams in the country. Like this was like a thing that went around on Twitter like two weeks ago. Yeah. Like, so that's what I saw from the blimp. It was one in nine Akron versus one in nine Kent State. And it was in the 20s or 30s wow. down there, and I was up in the warm blimp. Mm. Uh, the blimp was much warmer. There were not a lot of people in the stands, but it was like Goodyear is based out of Akron, Ohio. So they wanted to like celebrate their like local connection to the University of Akron. I, uh, one of the uh, pilots... Um, I think went to the University of Akron and the camera operator went to Kent State and we we had a great time up in the blimp. I just, you know, I feel like since it, it's a very soothing way of traveling if it does not, you know, explode. And apparently that doesn't happen very often in the last hundred years or so. They've made advancements to the blimp technology mm. since they. Yeah, it's, all, it's only happened once in the last hundred years, I think. Yeah, it was like, once well, maybe life. we don't use hydrogen. Yeah, I think the, <laughs> the, the takeaway from that. I, I don't think they do. I don't think it's flammable anymore. Um, and yeah, the um, it's. I still don't know how or why I got to got to be a blimp boy, but I will cherish that experience forever and. It was actually a pretty solid game. Uh, Akron came back from a huge deficit to win. Um, and the pilots were just a little bit confused by my presence, but happy to like talk to me and answer my questions about blimps. Uh, so uh, I think you can ride in the blimp if you like donate money to a charity or something. Like, like they, they auction off seats on it every once in a while. But uh, I... I think other than that it's pretty hard to get inside and uh, i feel pretty lucky that, that that they were that they were game to let me make stupid videos up there nice. there's also only 25 blimps left in the world so like huh. yes and good goodyear has three of them and i think one in europe as well but i think they might have discontinued the europe one so that's part of the behind the scenes is that it's Somebody's not just one like Goodyear blimp. Up. They have multiple. <laughs> yeah, they got to reproduce. <laughs> We're running out of blimps. It's like they're endangered species. <laughs> yeah. We're dying at an alarming rate. We need. We need to re re. Someone needs to like reinvent the blimp. Th th this is the form of air yeah, traveling. I think they came up with planes. They invented better yeah, ones. They, they, Helicopters, they, they sort of one-up themselves. Give me a supersonic blimp. <laughs> Give me the Concord of blimps. Well, I mean, if you I'm think about it, really, the, like, it's not like it's fast. And, like, it doesn't have the versatility or ease of helicopters. Really, the reason it exists... Um, is because it's easy to write Goodyear on it in very big letters. Like, that's the main reason for having a blimp, not because of any, like, functional aspects of it, but just because it makes a really good advertisement. So it's, 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 
I, I think the supersonic blip that you just invented wouldn't serve that purpose because it would go by too fast for you to be able to see the word Goodyear. I also feel like the whole blimp concept is like not terribly aerodynamic. So I'm a little terrified of like what kind of thrust would be required to make it supersonic. Like, are you just, are you just strapping a passenger cabin to a nuclear bomb or something at that point? Doesn't feel good. No, uh, it does not. It, it does not. Roger, how many, how many people were on your blimp ride? Uh, two pilots, the camera operator, and me. Oh, that's uh, it. So I was, I was having, yeah, I was having a great time up there. I had pretty much free. Ra- so I was it's... the only person. I mean, I was working. I did quotation marks. If you are listening to this podcast, yeah, yeah. I did air quotes. <laughs> um, uh, but like you know, my work is like kind of was kind of like doing dumb stuff, and then there was the people in charge of the blip not getting blown away. Um, by winds and the guy and or like flying in front of an airport and then the camera operator was locked in man that's the blimp camera operator um like was like it was kind of it was incredible because like it just looks like dots from up there it's like about 1500 feet in the air and like then you look at the shots he was getting and it was like actually tracking the plays and you can see the players like reacting and everything it's it's kind of an unbelievable system they have. I, and they have like, they they have the funny thing about it is like when it lands, they need like ten people to like wrangle it. <laughs> like they have, there are more people on on the ground than in the blimp. Yeah. How far from the stadium did you land? Um, is it out at the airport? I think or? like. Oh no! They have a a a, a blimp port. It's specific. It's the only thing that operates out of it, and 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 it actually says if you look it up on Google Maps, blimp port. Like it's like the uh, Wingfoot Lake blimp port. And there are a couple of yeah. airports in the area that they have to stay out of the way of um, because, like, you don't want to get in the way of the planes. And, and there's just one huge hangar, a blimp-sized hangar, like. Uh, that they that they have to park it in. It's it's a it's a it's the only thing that works out of there is the blimp. But the like when they do games in other places besides Akron, Ohio, they have to fly it there. And I think they just land in. They said like either there's only a couple of airports that could accommodate the size of the blimp, or they'll just like land in like random fields. Huh. It's weird. Is is blimp. One of those things is it. Is it only a blimp if it says Goodyear on it, like if it comes from the blimp region of France? <laughs> Otherwise, they, it's just spark, they, sparkling dirigible. Yeah, <laughs> they're actually they, they actually I believe it, it is not a blimp. Like technically, the Goodyear blimp is like a dirigible, or, or they they it's refer an to airship. it as an air. It's an airship. Yes, thank you. It's a. It's the, an I'm airship. looking at the Wikipedia. I'm sp- also like. Um, I may be spreading blimp lies. Like everyone there is so excited and well versed in blimpitude, like in in you know, uh, blimp blimponic blimp whatever the field of blimping is. Um, they blimpology. all just like, knew all these facts, blimpology, and they were just hitting me with blimp facts for like four straight hours. Like, here's what you need to know about our blimp. Here's what you need to know about blimps in general. And I'm probably like muddling all the facts, uh, uh, but uh, there is a lot of blimp lore that, sounds, that you that you. It sounds yeah. like Snapple would sponsor a blimp. Get all these is that blimp because facts I was snapping while I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Yeah. So I, I, uh, I think uh, there are like competing blimps. Like I don't think Goodyear is the only company that has one. But there's there's but a like, handful of there when, so, when I was in, um, I, I want to say... First non-human inductee into the College Football Hall of Fame. Yes, they were very proud of it. Blimp? The Goodyear blimp is the, is the not, not just the first, the only non-human inductee, which like, and so 
I, I get it because they float over so many games. But, like, think about how many mascots there are. I was just going to say, that feels like uh, a lack of respect to a number of fi- fine animal uh, employees. Well, mascots have their program. own Hall of Fame. Mascots do I, have their own Hall of Fame. And what, blimps don't? I'm no, glad I, the I would guess got no. in. I'm glad the blimp got it. I'm just saying, well, like, like throw a game it's Goodyear, and then and then there the was direct the direct TV villain. You're right. It's we don't talk in about the sixth grade. Direct TV blimp. <laughs> in sixth. And and like the Led Zeppelin album covers. <laughs> That's very famously the Black Sunday. And... Black Sunday is the Goodyear blimp, but that's also pro football. I, I, it's Goodyear Blimp kind of does an OJ Simpson turn there. I, I the um we can throw Ice Cube in there. It's like I, I, I I'm glad they made the they're in as they they deserve to be in halls of fame. I'm I'm very I, I'm now like a I'm now a pro Goodyear Blimp mouthpiece. They they won me over. I was just gonna say that. Uh, my, my sixth grade story was that my class was interrupted because we could see out the window uh, from our school it was a big 12 story building and our class was on the 10th floor and out the window at around the time of the US Open the SeaWorld blimp was out the window and one of the other kids Ooh. yelled Shamu and everybody <laughs> ran uh, directly to the window uh, the class was Oh. Completely derailed why, for the rest of the day. Why did SeaWorld have a, have a blimp? Was it shaped like Shamu? Like, did it have the coloring? It was. It was painted like Shamu. That that's pretty sick. But like, also, aren't they evil? Where the SeaWorld is canceled, right? Yeah, they're, yeah, they're really canceled. This yeah. was this was in the twentieth century. I feel we didn't know better than that. Um, yeah. <laughs> We thought they were out there saving the Shamus um, instead of, yeah. They, so there's a limp for SeaWorld is like the that's the wrong direction. Like they're they shouldn't be in the air. They, they're focusing on the wrong. I don't know what they were. Th- it is whale shaped. But I feel like a Shamu, uh, like a Shamu. Like, Shamu submarine? Well, yeah, I was going to say submarine, but like you don't see it then, so that sort of defeats the purpose from an advertising perspective. The Shamu yeah. submarine in Makati Cove. I mean, I, I've seen far weirder things. <laughs> so I, I... It must be hard to, like, advertise tires. Because Goodyear invented a blimp in Michelin started raiding French restaurants. Like, why why can't any of them just Yeah. Why can't any of them just show the yeah. tires? Just so unless you're Pirelli. Pirelli can just sell the tires, apparently. But yeah, Firestone I mean, seems to do okay. Firestone. Firestone and Pirelli are the same what, brand. What I was just gonna say, yeah, I mean, they they're, they're owned by the same company. They are. What are their Oh no Bridgestone and Firestone. As, they're, they're both always and fire. MLB playoff. They have Hankook multiple is always tires, multiple, and they're always. Is that the one who made the commercial about Clayton Kershaw giving up the longest home run of yes! all time and then going yes! to catch it? Which is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Like no <laughs> one thought through the logic of that ad like really what, at what, all either that or somebody what, did and they are a giants fan probably <laughs> all right listen, Could clayton, clayton kershaw you're gonna get to that ball at a blimp <laughs> should have gotten a blimp I, yeah, the, the like implication those... of clayton kershaw having to run across the expanse of los angeles to catch the ball <laughs> is like a little yeah i mean it's, bridgestone it's the, does make the... golf balls that's true. Do they? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bridgestone makes golf balls. That's a weird assortment of things. I mean, I guess the center of a golf ball is rubber, so like, okay, kind of overlap, yeah. but that's a weird. 
that's where they got that's where they got the blimp idea. They it was like I think there was some rubber involved in it in like 1918. So that's that's where the blimp story is. It was also made out of rubber. Akron is very passionate about rubber. Their minor league baseball team is called the Rubber Ducks. Rubber Their Ducks. stadium used to be called the Rubber Bowl. Um, that's so good. That's all the rubber facts I have. <laughs> they lost out to Toledo then. Because Toledo got the glass bowl. Every city in, in Ohio has manufactures apparently one. How one you item. One item. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and commodity. We'll go with commodity. Dollars. Commodity, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they didn't. They, Toledo many, went with uh, mud heads instead of like glass. Their minor league baseball team is not thematic in the same way. Yeah, no, I feel like they could have done better. They could have done better. They could have been the Glasscocks (laughs) for uh, the former shortstop, Jack Glasscock. I don't know if he ever played in Toledo. Uh... Um, Roger, how many of those – do you you happen to know how many of those Ohio cities have the blank bowl? Is it just Akron? I think think it's just the two. Yeah, Bowling Green had one just like named after the person. Um, You'd think Bowling Green would be the Green Bowl. They really missed out on that. (laughs) Yeah, I think the Green Bowl, the Bowling Green Green Bowl. (laughs) Also, their colors being orange and brown is bizarre. When green is right there. Yeah. Yeah, it feels a little hipster. Feels a little tried. Paul Brown gave them a lot of money back in the day, or Paul. It, I feel like it's related to Paul Brown somehow. And everything. Yeah, I, what's happening there? And the Browns' main color is like orange, even though their team yes. name is the Browns. They do and at least use brown. There's also though. Yeah, and there's yeah, also Bowling bad. Green, Kentucky, which is where. Western Kentucky is in Bowling Green. And then, Jesse, as I'm sure you know, there's Bowling Green mm-hmm. here in Manhattan. Uh, that is like, my place. favorite station in the entire subway system. Mm-hmm. It's it, Which also is a green. It's got that, like, red it's brick. Red. Beautiful. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know what a Bowling Green is. What, what is it? Why are there so many of them? Uh, a well, bowling green is a finely laid, close mown, rolled stretch of turf for playing the game of bowls. Come on, that's off the dome, right? You did. You're not googling anything over there. Oh yeah, no, uh, I, I, I I knew I, that off I the top of my head. The the one in New York was a what Lily explained from Wikipedia, um, or at the top of her head, one or the other. Um, did you get the Wikipedia implant, Lily? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I actually they they uh-huh. they gave me an implant uh, before. It's actually it actually doesn't kill monkeys like um, a certain uh, social media platform owners' it, brain implant does. I, if you get the latest vax, it comes with the <laughs> the, the Wikipedia. Yeah, it's chip. packaged with the. It's great. Yeah, it's, it's packaged with the five G. I think as part of the part of the jab. Yeah, I'll be honest with you guys. I got my uh, my COVID flu and uh, and I got a Tdap booster too at the same time. Um, and I was lousy for a few days, but I I have not felt stronger uh, like in a while. So I'm, I'm gay shots. They're good. Uh, but the Bowling Green in Manhattan is is at the very bottom bitty tip of Manhattan, and like when you learn in um, in your American history textbook about like Boston Common. Um, that was New York's version, and it's just right down there at, at the bottom near the battery, um, across from what was the Custom House, now the Smithsonian National Museum of the American Indian. And at the far other end of Manhattan Island is um, Ween Stadium. Stadium. Field yes. Now has, we yeah. We brought it back, baby. Uh, and, we and sure I did. did. I did go to a game there. I went there because my wife goes to Columbia Nursing School, um, and I wanted to come home for a weekend. So we went to a we went to a Columbia football game up at the very uh, 
the 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 urethra of Manhattan. There's a little. If you look at the map of Manhattan, Google a map of Manhattan, and it's very urethral. Columbia's football like stadium, little, five miles little, from campus, is the urethra. It is. There's a little inlet there. Spite and Dival Creek. It's honestly right very, it's honestly, it's like legit kind of awesome, like, because most of the college football games I went to were in, like, you know, small towns that are built around the college, you know, uh, these places, like, it has 30,000 people, but on game days, it goes to 100,000, etc. The stadium is the biggest thing there. But if you go to a game at the at the tip of Manhattan, um, interpret that how you will, like, there, there's just a city going around it, which, which was cool, you know, high rise apartment buildings, like there's, um, I ran out during halftime and got a couple beers, uh, and just, mm-hmm. and, 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 um, like, and there's also, of course, the rivers and stuff and there's, it was, it was like one of, one of my, I think it might be one of the coolest looking stadiums that I, that I went to, even though it is A in Manhattan and B specifically located at at the at the the very very end of it. The the thing that I love about that too is have you ever gone to a Columbia football game outside of that? No. no. <laughs> and I don't think a lot of people have. Yep. It's very, very far from Columbia's campus. It's like five it miles sure from is. Columbia's campus. I, There's no good reason. I to went there that. like once for a pen game with friends. Like the first year I was out of college, or the second year, whichever the first year was that there was a pen at Columbia game, and the only other time was to cover uh, Bucknell against Columbia in the first game after 9/11, which was, um, as you might imagine, the weirdest shit imaginable. Yeah, uh, people it was were not, looking like, to like, escape, like, but not with Columbia. <laughs> <laughs> no! no, it was like I got to, I got to escape with FCS football. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, I no, think that's and, two two sickos even for this crowd. I mean, you said it and, on Split Zone, and I totally agree that like going to a, a college football game, it's an amazing TV product, um, but it's even more it's just like it's a totally different experience in person i never went to uh an f an fbs game until the nhl lockout in 2012 when sporting news sent me to um oklahoma city to do a feature on the oilers prospects who were playing in oklahoma city and also oklahoma notre dame um which was the manzateo year and what what a fucking experience and like that was that was a moment for me that was like i have missed this in my life and like by the next year i'm covering the the baseball playoffs and on my phone on the baltimore airport shuttle following desperately on twitter as connor halliday and washington state play the most insane game of Pac-12 after dark history um, is how I will always remember like from BWR like and now I love it Um, but yeah I I just really recommend going to like yeah sorry as a fellow New Yorker no that's alright what was what was your moment because we don't grow up in this shit here yeah that's definitely true. I mean, that's kind of why I wanted to go see everything, you know, um, uh, just because it's not a part of our lives here. And we said Baltimore and San Francisco. That's that's not exactly college football. <laughs> college football. Uh, and I'm originally from land. Chicago, so like, still, still hey, very, very little. Listen. 
Brit is uh, extremely dyed in the wool. Chicago's Chicago's Big Ten team, the Northwestern Wildcats. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's there were uh, just so many places where you go out, and the college football team is just not only the most important thing in the city or in the state, but like just it's it's. I feel like people have a level of pride with it that um, that it just represents everything about where they're from, you know, to them. And no matter where I was, like that that shown through. People are just like people in in a way that pro sports are, and it's really a proxy for saying what you're proud of about the place you're from. You know, like. I feel like I'm not elaborating yeah. it right, but that that was that was cool to see everywhere. What what's the like moment that stands out? I don't know. Like I keep saying, my favorite game was the Oklahoma Texas game at the Cotton Bowl, but um, you know at the State Fair of Texas, just because like if you're gonna dive into one extremely extremely disorienting part of America, go go to that. Oklahoma and Texas playing in the middle of a state fair where everything is fried. And um, it was a great time. But, like, yeah, it, it's it was uh, – I've been to, you know, NFL games here in New York and MLB games and even college basketball. But the, the, the way people get – get up for college football is just different. And uh, I'm really glad I got to see so much of it this year. Well, I mean, I, I think a really good example of that is the fact that, uh, first of all, the only, the, the only real significant fact about the day I was born that I uh, know off the top of my head is the fact that uh, Florida played Auburn and beat Auburn and Auburn was ranked at the time. <laughs> that, that was the, <laughs> the first fact about the day I was born that my mom told me. And to this day, every year on my birthday, she's like, do you know what happened however many years ago on this day? And that is what she says. Not, not you changed my life forever. Not any warm, a heartwarming mom shit. It's no, uh, the Gators beat Auburn. And, and that is one of priorities. My, uh, well, she was, she heard it. I'll put it that way. <laughs> she was, she was giving birth within earshot of the stadium. So... <laughs> Oh, got it, got it, got it. I, I wasn't wow. sure it was like a before or an after or. No, like I was I was cool born late in the time. afternoon. Yeah, I was I was born in Gainesville late got in the it. afternoon, so she literally like was hearing the game while she was in labor, and like that. I mean, I'm forty one years old, and I think I've probably been told thirty eight times that that was what happened on the day I was born, and of all of my sports allegiances, like I grew up in the Bay Area, and all of my. Sports allegiance are the teams I grew up with. Like, I'm not a Dolphins fan, despite the fact that my family grew up as Dolphins fans. I'm not. I mean, my grandfather wasn't really a Phillies fan. Like, I didn't inherit any other sports allegiances. We all kind of became Barry as sports fans when we moved here. But the Gators thing is not going anywhere. Like, I just. I, I, one of the first sounds I heard as I came into the world was the swamp. And. I went home from the hospital in a baby gator onesie. And that was just like all she wrote. My there, the gators are playing Cal in Berkeley in 2027, I think. And I am abnormally excited to take my mom. That's awesome. That's going to be, that's going to be a culture shock for everybody. Oh my God. I just, I'm, I'm so excited because the thing is, is that when, was it Ole Miss that they, yeah, when they played Ole Miss two Mm -hmm. years ago, I think that was already like, they were not totally prepared for what that was like. Um, And I think I'm being honest when I say that Gators fans are that, that much more unhinged than Ole Miss fans. (laughs) Mm. I'll defer to you on that. I feel like there's also, yeah, I mean, I feel like you'll probably also get more of them. I feel like Florida is a larger school than Ole Miss. I think it, it may have more fans. So we'll, uh, yeah, that's, I don't know who's get, who, who's more going to be more 
culture shocked though. The Cal fans seeing SEC people watching football or the SEC people showing up in this cavernous I, Bay I guess Area it stadium on, and like yeah. I guess it depends on how many of the Gators fans who show up are people who are transplants and who live out here now, or or how many people decide they just want to mm. like take a vacation to go to California to see the game. Those are the ones that it's going to be funny. The people who live here who are transplants and obviously like it's a big city. There's lots of them. That's that's kind of one thing. It's the ones who decide, oh great, it's an excuse to go on vacation that it's going to get going to be funny. Uh, in that Cal game, that was a Jared Goff game, wasn't it? Was it? I don't. I think it was more recent than that. Was that? Oh, oh, I thought you were Cal Ole Miss. No, I was going back to to the the twenty thirteen game. That mm. that's that's kind uh, yeah, of off. So. Connor Halliday. I'm pretty confident that Jared Goff's first college football game was a uh, 44-30 loss against Northwestern. I feel really confident about this. Well, this is from Coog Center, and it is not mentioning who the other quarterback was. It was against Cal. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, either it was or it wasn't Jared Goff, who was the winning quarterback uh, in that game. Uh, Jared Goff is in the NFL playoffs, and that is a segue to what do you guys think this weekend, the football that we still have going on? I'm going to have a... Weird weekend this weekend. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be a weird time in the city of Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, in a, that, in a, like, in, that feels like a remarkably high stakes game for like all all fans concerned, like more than usual. Yeah, I at this point at this. Point, <laughs> I don't care okay. who else it, is in it. It was 2014. It was uh, Jared Goff for Cal. It was not 2013, as I said. So I can put that to bed. Um, my, my conclusion yeah, is that NFL know. football is is good. Like yeah, it, there were like, they were good games, objectively speaking. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it, it doesn't have the charm of, of uh, college football, but uh, it, it always delivers. And it has Jason Kelsey. It does shirtless. have Jason Kelsey. It has shirtless Jason Kelsey. God bless. I love him. Mm. I, I will say, though, I have spent the past uh, 48 hours, give or take, talking myself into why the Niners playing like moderate dog shit was actually a good thing. So I think I'm ready. I think I have talked myself into it sufficiently that I am, I'm prepared for what lies ahead. (laughs) I said it during the Niners game that it would be huge. What, what they were in the process of trying to do was survive the game that Kyle Shanahan tries to sabotage them. And he tried. He tried real hard. I mean, I don't, for once, I can't even really pin any of that on Shanahan. That was just, it just was just, what it was. There there have absolutely been times that I was like, what the fuck is this play calling? Please, you're killing me. And, and that was not one of those games. I was mostly like, sure, okay. Like, it doesn't, oh. like, don't give them 10 points on pass interference. Like, uh, you know, mm. I thought that the end of first half strategy was eh. And the, just the way that they progressed down the field, like they, they seemed like, and maybe it's because McCaffrey was dealing with, you know, 
the the uh, leg muscle, but they seemed like the issue, they didn't want to use him until they absolutely had to. Well, it was yeah. I mean, McCaffrey was kind is kind of nursing that that one leg still, and they didn't have Debo for most of that game. So like, it does sort of it yeah. limits your options quite a bit. Now they got luckily, John Jennings had a really big game. Kittle was what you sort of expect of him. So that all sort of worked out. Okay. But yeah, I mean, I think it wasn't unimpeachable play calling by any means, but I, it was, it was not me screaming at my television to, Oh my God, please stop trying to just run it up the gut. This is not working, which is typically what ends up happening. Um, yeah, it felt, it felt like playing with your food. Yeah. I mean, I that's kind of, comes yeah. to you, you, when you're, when you're building a head coach in, um, head, in the head coach creator function, you can either assign the points to like being good at developing football schemes or like managing the games well. And you can't do, you like have to make that choice where you're going to put your like skill points on that screen and you never get to go back and change it. And so Kyle Shanahan got all of his points into like doing good play designs and none of them into the game management. And, and like that, that somehow is always true. You never get one who's good at both. No, I mean, just short of like Bill Walsh, like you're not, (laughs) you're, 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 yeah, you're, you've only got 10 points to go around or whatever. And you just, Either you're going to be yeah. very mediocre at both, or you're going to be great at one and terrible at the other, and probably not anywhere in between. And I, again, like we've talked about this, Jesse, I I don't have any issues with Kyle Shanahan. You don't like him for whatever reason. I have no real issues with him. The, so I like him. I just I don't trust him, and I don't. I don't trust I don't any of them, though. Like okay. I mean. The the I don't trust him is a valid point, but who do you replace him with? Like who would be better? There's there's no well, answer to that question. Mike McDaniel would Mike not McDaniel. be better. I love Mike McDaniel, but Mike McDaniel would not be better. Like in five years, maybe Mike McDaniel is better. He is not better at this stage of the game, and I think you can look at his team's last game and see that. Well, you know, if you're looking for a, uh, a... if if the Niners don't win uh, the Super Bowl. And I hope for your sake that they do, Britt. At this, like, you know, I'm rooting for the Lions, obviously, because I'm a, not a Niners fan. But like, if the Niners win, I'll be happy for you. I have no animosity to, towards them. I have no animosity towards the Buffalo Bills either. But should the Niners fail to win the Super Bowl as the Bills did, I think a coach trade would be um, fascinating. I mean, it does sort of bring up the question of like, well, what do you do now? Like, I don't. It, on the one hand, it's like, well, you've got to do something. On the other, it kind of just reinforces the idea that like sports are fundamentally a dice roll at all times. And that sometimes you just keep throwing snake eyes and you can't really do anything about it. And that's that's a very sort of fatalist answer. But it's also really hard to look at a stacked roster with a coach that I wouldn't want to replace and say, ah, this is the problem. And like come up with some obvious solution to it. There's just not one. Like Shannon's not a perfect coach, but there's not like, I don't want Bill Belichick in that room. Oh no. Under no circumstances. And like, who, like, again, like you're going to replace him with one of the guys who he taught. That's not really terribly likely to be helpful. Fair. You, you pair just, him with I, another another coach's son, recently <laughs> became available out of Iowa City. My God. An offensive mastermind so great, they had to devise a plan just for him. Oh, my God. You know, school devising that plan. Uh, All right, let's, let's get out of here with our other main character, and I will throw out this question. Uh, you have your 10 points of various character attributes to go around. Um, how do you guys see our, our friend, our tweeting monster, uh, our posters, heart boy, Lane Kiffin, 
with his 10 points. <laughs> uh, 10 has, he, Lane has he, 10 he, points he, in the always be Cruton category. <laughs> he got, he got nine points in charisma. Yeah. <laughs> that's the, that's the, that's the slot he got. And yeah, no, I, he's, he, he, he also, like, I, he's come so far and yet he is still exactly the same person. Like, he has, he has had travels at this point. He's coached at Florida Atlantic. He has coached under Nick Saban. He has bounced around the SEC and yet he remains as Lane Kiffin as he can possibly be at all moments. <laughs> he put he, he put he yeah, put all all ten points into consistency. Yeah, he is committed yeah. to the bet. Nine points for charisma, one point for online. <laughs> right. Uh, it my. The evolution of my feelings about Lane Kiffin is just extremely funny to me. Because, like, I have not, I have not been a Lane Kiffin fan really at any point and thought that him getting left on the tarmac was the funniest goddamn shit I've ever seen. Thought that he absolutely did Tennessee dirty the way he left. Um, But god dang it, that nine points in charisma has won me over. I guess I don't know if I would really call myself a fan, but he's fascinating. I'm a fan of his character, if not... Yes, there you go. ...personal. Yeah, I think that's... Like... Yeah, yeah, I think think that's where it's kind of useful to apply the everything is pro wrestling Mm -hmm. uh, theory, because, like, yeah, I, I have no idea what Lane is like offline, and I don't really want to know. I just want to know, like... Don't know, don't care. Yeah, him <laughs> tweeting pictures of a bridge that says Roll Tide for no apparent reason other than Cruton. Yeah, exactly. Other than to start some shit. <laughs> and that's what we need more of. And, alright, I, I will... I said one more thing, and I, and I will... But this brought us to something that that Roger said on um, you guys touched on kind of the decline of bowl season uh, when when you and Stephen Goffin were talking on Split Zone Duo. And I encourage everybody now that we're at the end of this, go subscribe to Split Zone Duo. It's a great fucking podcast. They made me so much smarter about college football since I started listening to them. Uh, Great show. And Roger was on it. I listened to you and you were talking about the decline of bowl season. And I wondered you and I are both basketball fans. We've, we've covered mm-hmm. college basketball together. Is the solution alongside the college football playoff as it expands something, not a tournament, because having five win, six win teams play like a tournament is insane, um, but something akin to the NIT and more of that spirit that you're competing for something than what it is now, which is hopefully you're in a, a game with a crazy mascot. Yeah, I just think we need to, like, so they're definitely going to pour into marketing money after the cheap, after the, the Pop-Tart. That's, that's going to get the money flowing. And just give God the money to the players, that are, the players that are playing in the game. It seems like the easiest solution right. ever. If you're going to have a series of games that are advertisements, more than they are football games. And the game's success depends on the players playing in the game. And we agree that you're allowed to pay players for advertisements. What's the discount? Like, it seems like I'm sure there's some paperwork that needs to be figured out, but like, it, it feels like all the ingredients are there for them to make it work. Yeah. And yeah, that doesn't feel like it should money. be insurmountable. <laughs> Yeah. Huh. Yeah, all that competitive stuff I was talking about. Yeah, money's probably a better solution. Either that, or we could have a have the NIT, and we can we can play it at Madison Square Garden. 
We'll figure it out. That would be kind of delightful. But yeah, the money's probably the better answer. I would be here for an arena ball style like senior showcase. Flag football. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Six six man six six v six football. Yeah, there you go. Canadian rules. Canadian rules. I guess that'd be pretty awesome. Like you could get like imagine if like the Mac became just the recruiting like the 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 birthplace of CFL talent. It actually (laughs) they they kind of this did happen. Yeah, it does happen. They go. That's a that's a common yeah. thing to happen. So Mac title game is played on a Canadian field. <laughs> they just go to Windsor. It's not like, that far. Like it's Windsor like, from Toledo is like an hour, maybe. Yeah. It's literally right like, there. With Buffalo, Buffalo, Buffalo is yeah, yeah. Yeah, play the game on Niagara Falls on a field that is floating and like the team that is losing has to defend with their back to the falls. So that they feel like they are in constant danger of going over. Play it on an it's aircraft carrier. That's what I was going to yeah. say. We, we've an seen basketball carrier under the falls. <laughs> we've seen, we've seen basketball on an aircraft carrier. Give they've, me college football on an aircraft. They've carrier. done home run derby on an aircraft carrier. How many blimps are there in the world? 25. Not, not enough. <laughs> not enough. <laughs> one blimp. One blimp for each player plus three referee blimp. Oh, my God. The goal line is the border with Canada. And if you fumble you at go. the goal line, it crosses into another country and you can never touch it again. <laughs> and like and, and, and Mounties come to our rescue if you fumble it over the goal line. We've, Unless you show them your passport. application of the touchback rule. <laughs> We've solved the touchback fumble rule. We put the ends out in another country. <sighs> Canada says, our ball now. Alright, <laughs> uh, well... This has been an absolute delight and uh, no no uh, surprise wastewater spills uh, have occurred during, which is always a W for the show. Uh, with that record intact. In the last several months, it is uh, Bush Gardens 2, Casual Die Hard Podcast 0, uh, as far as wastewater spills, and we aim to uh, maintain that clean sheet. Everything's coming uh, at Millhouse. Clean sheet. With. Hey! From the internet, that's our show. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Britt from the internet. Lily from the internet. Road Raj from the internet. Uh, Raj, where uh, where can the folks find you that I can put in the show notes? Because uh, if people are still listening right now, uh, I'm trying try to music that out. playing us out. Um, I'm trying to figure that so, out. I uh, just looked for Twitter. my name on Twitter. At Roger on Twitter. Yeah. I cannot wait to see all of the video content that you have. And uh, we'll start having some video content here soon. Not yet. This was audio only. <laughs> and you guys, uh, we, we, we love you. That's it. Love you. <laughs>